In a world where uncertainty reigns supreme, where shadows of chaos dance at every turn, one truth emerges unyielding. Preparation is not a luxury, but a lifeline. Behold the Wellness Company, a beacon of readiness amidst the tempestuous seas of fate. Envision a sanctuary of tranquility, where the tumult of unforeseen medical crises finds no purchase. The Wellness Company's Medical Emergency Kit stands as a bastion of assurance, a fortress of resilience against the unseen foes of health. Within its sacred confines lie the tools of salvation. Ivermectin, to ward off the insidious whispers of disease. Emergency antibiotics, to quell the raging storms of infection. Antivirals, to vanquish the relentless tides of contagion and more. The Wellness Company Medical Emergency Kit is not merely a collection of supplies. It is the embodiment of preparedness itself. Crafted by the hands of esteemed healers led by luminaries such as Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. James Thorpe, Dr. Harvey Risch, and Dr. Drew Pinsky, this kit stands as the pinnacle of safety, the zenith of prevention. These truth-seeking doctors have forged a testament to vigilance, a testament to the unwavering pursuit of well-being. Embrace the certainty that comes from being armed against adversity. Embrace the Wellness Company, for in its embrace lies the promise of resilience, the promise of a brighter tomorrow amidst the chaos of today. Don't wait for the next crisis to strike. Visit twc.health forward slash strange planet and use promo code strange planet for an exclusive 10% discount. Prepare today and rest easy tomorrow. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. On this episode, a biblical perspective on the UFO ET issue. In the Bible, there are physical angels, and there's a physical God, and there's physical chariots, and that's the starting point. Now, where they come from, where they go, how they operate, is beyond the biblical text, and is beyond, you know, my thinkings, and I'll find out in due time. But for now, I'm following the pieces of the puzzle that's available to me. If you enjoy Conspiracy Unlimited, why not become a Conspiracy Unlimited Plus member? For just $1.99 per month, you'll gain access to two bonus, exclusive commercial-free episodes per month, plus access to my back catalog of episodes. That's over 350 episodes. To subscribe, just go to ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com and click on Gain Access to Premium Episodes. Again. Go to ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com and click on Get Access to Premium Episodes or click on the link in the episode notes. Conspiracy Unlimited Plus for less than $2 per month. Why not sign up today? Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serres. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs, here's Richard Serrett. 
Welcome to your Wednesday. Documentary filmmaker Ali Siadatan from Think Again Productions is here. He's the producer of a groundbreaking documentary that came out about 10 or more years ago called UFOs, Angels, and Gods, in which he connects the biblical narrative and biblical prophecy to the modern-day UFO ET issue. And he has a webinar coming up where he'll discuss that and more. Before that, just a reminder that the June issue of Inner Sanctum will be coming out very soon. So if you haven't registered for my free monthly newsletter, please do so. Go to strangeplanet.ca and scroll down to the bottom and click on Inner Sanctum and just register your email strangeplanet.ca. Also, I wanted to remind you that I'll be on Coast to Coast AM Friday, June the 12th and Saturday, June the 13th. Go to coasttocoastam.com for more information. I also want to mention one more thing because I keep forgetting. This podcast is now available on Spotify. Actually, it has been for a number of months. It's available on Spotify. Please tell your friends. If you'd like to learn more about the intersection of the UFO ET issue and biblical prophecy, you may be interested in signing up for an upcoming 90-minute webinar on this very issue. Ali Siadatan is the founder of Think Again Productions in Canada, a multimedia teaching ministry shedding light on mysteries and treasures of scriptural knowledge which is making the Bible more real than ever. Ali has found evidence, keeps agreeing with the Bible's tale from biblical cities peering through the sands to alien abductions and prophetic events. His documentaries UFOs, Angels and Gods and Goliath Rising, Hybrids, Nephilim and Titans are available through his website thinkagainproductions.com. Ali Siadatan, welcome back to Conspiracy Unlimited. How are you? Fine, thank you, Richard. Thank you for having me. You have a webinar coming up very shortly, June the 8th. It's called The Cosmic Tale, and it ties all your work together these last number of years, including your documentary, UFOs, Angels, and Gods. Tell me a little bit more about The Cosmic Tale webinar. Yeah, there's um, all the pieces of a puzzle. Uh, it really is like a puzzle. And each one of these pieces, you know, can appear separate on its own. Like, oh, there's the UFO phenomenon. And, you know, it's, it's millions of people talk about it. I meet people all the time that talk about it. Um, CNN released recently footage from the Navy. Um, and then, you know, you, you, people look at that and go, that's interesting. And then you kind of, you know, maybe you go to a church service or you go to, the, to a museum and you see these paintings, you know, of these uh, creatures uh, that we call the angels. And people look at that and they go, oh, that's, that's interesting. And then, you know, you read, like, uh, you know, books about Greek mythology and, and all the Zeus and, you know, Apollo and all these ancient gods and their flying chariots. And we kind of look at that. And, and then there's even the stories of these giants. Um, and they all seem so separate, like they're just each a body of knowledge. What I'm going to be doing in this webinar is I'm going to connect it all together, all the pieces of the puzzle, all of these specific pieces I just mentioned, and I'm going to show that it actually forms a single tale, one single story. They're all just the pieces of one story that spans through the ages, and we are in it. That's what makes it fascinating. It's not just a story that someone you know, tells us. It's a story of the world we live in, and how all of these pieces fit together. That's what's going to be the heart of the webinar. And again, it's June the 8th, which is, that's a Monday. 
Yeah, Monday, 8 p.m. Monday, June 8th, 8 p.m. How do they sign up for the webinar? They go to the website, thinkagainproductions.com, thinkagainproductions.com. Scroll to the bottom and just, you know, give us a donation. Uh, it's yeah, whatever whatever you're moved to do. You know, I'm, I was suggesting $25. It's a 90-minute uh, webinar, and uh, but I'll leave it up to you. Um, and then I'll get an email that says, you know, so-and-so has donated, and I send you the Zoom link so you have it. And the reason I'm doing it on Zoom is because um, uh, I enjoy the interactiveness, so I want to give people a chance to ask questions and make comments. So I'm going to be talking for an hour, uh, and then the, then there's going to be half an hour of discussion and comments and questions where people can, you know, uh, ask their questions or make their comments and kind of talk with me. I see you, you see me. Uh, I like that, and especially since we're all forced in, inside of this uh, isolation and lockdown. It's nice to have uh, connection and to kind of break that a little bit. So. Uh, that's how you sign up. Go to the thinkagainproductions.com website, send a donation. I'll get that and I'll send you the, the Zoom link. And then if you can't make it on that day, it's not a problem because I'll be recording it. And if you've signed up for it by, by making the donation, then I will simply email you the link so that you can listen to it afterwards if you haven't been able to come. Right, right. So you're coming at this, obviously, from a biblical perspective. And, and for some people who believe in... UFOs, maybe they discount the Bible and, and they look at the UFO ET phenomenon as extraterrestrial. It's out there. For some people who believe in the Bible, the UFO phenomenon doesn't make any sense. It doesn't fit with the narrative. You're going to tie these together. But I'm wondering, for those that believe that UFOs are extraterrestrial in nature, what do you say to them? Well, I think that um, it depends how, what's the foundational paradigm through which you're looking at reality. Uh, if you kind of look at it from the point of view of we evolved here and therefore beings evolved elsewhere and they're kind of visiting the earth type of thing and you're kind of making up your own story about why and well, you know, maybe they're coming here for natural resources, maybe they're coming here to save us and to help us move into the next phase of history. You'll, you'll kind of make up your own, you know, you'll maybe impose human thinking on them, etc. And that's a lot of assumptions for me. Um, but as far as uh, the, the two things you mentioned, as far as E.T. in the Bible, um, it's interesting because if you think about it, both uh, the account of angels and the account of extraterrestrials is the account of beings that are coming from elsewhere, we don't know where exactly, visiting the earth. Um, they both bring messages uh, to the human world, uh, influence it in that way. Um, they leave the earth, they come and go to it, and often there's these chariots involved. So it's strange that we don't make the connection, actually, because uh, the stories kind of you know overlap a little bit. And um, when it comes to uh, the perspective that I think we presented in our 2006 documentary, which was a groundbreaking documentary, UFOs, Angels, and Gods, which people can actually watch for free on that very website, the idea was not so much that, oh, there's aliens that have come today, and there's aliens in the past, 
and that's what actually the Bible records. The Bible is not really talking about God and angels. It's talking about ancient astronauts, which was a perspective that others had presented. Now, what we did uh, was we suggested that, you know, God and his angels exist in the creation uh, in a way that looks a lot more like the UFO phenomenon than the way that the painters of the Renaissance may have imagined their presence. It is, it's a little bit of a turning something on its head because we're suggesting that actually the UFO phenomenon is the physical manifestation of the angelic world. And so that becomes the beginning of the conversation. That becomes the starting point. Wow, okay, if these beings that we're seeing flying around are the very beings that are actually mentioned in this book, then what does this book say about them? And how does it all come together? And what are they doing here? And where is it all going? Well, that's interesting because uh, my boys are taking a, a catechism course online, and, and the book that they're uh, working their way through under the tutelage of an Orthodox priest is called Unseen Warfare. So it's about yes. spiritual warfare. But yes. you're describing the angelic realm in physical terms. Talk to me more about that. Uh, that's a very good question. Um, when the, um, you know, if you're looking at it in the context of a catechism and kind of biblical thinking, in, in the stories of the Bible, when, for instance, Jesus, who is arguably, whether you believe in him or not, but in the story of the Bible, Jesus is the most spiritual being in the whole Bible. He is, you know, the physical, the visible uh, image of the invisible God. When he comes back from the dead... Um, he appears to his disciples and he says to them, uh, I am not a ghost. He says that. He says, I am not a ghost. I have flesh and bone. He says those very words. It's in the end of the Gospel of Luke. And he says, you know, come and touch my holes, basically. Put your finger and see for yourself. And then he says, like, do you have any food? If you have any food, give me some food and, uh, and I'll eat it. And they give him fish and honey and he eats it. He goes into this very... Uh, a lot of he makes a lot of effort to prove that he is a physical being that he has physically been resurrected from the dead, and the physical resurrected Jesus is the most spiritual creature in the whole Bible. He's the most spiritual, you know, thing uh, in the Bible, and yet he makes this, this point that it's physical. When the angel who comes to remove the tomb, the stone from the tomb, it says that this angel descended you know, from heaven, removed the, the stone, and sat upon it. It says that in the Bible, it sat upon it. It kind of suggests, why, why would the, the Holy Spirit go out of its way um, to, to explain that this angel sat on the stone, unless perhaps in the future generations of this movement there was a temptation to spiritualize things, uh, meaning make, make them ghostly. So essentially, I think that the Bible um, ex preaches uh, a physical form of spirituality, meaning it doesn't see a contradiction uh, between things being physical and being spiritual at the same time. It says that spiritual things are physical and can be physical. It doesn't see spiritual as meaning it's ghostly. It sees spiritual as meaning it is connected to the kingdom of heaven. 
It is of the world of God. In that sense, it's spiritual. And yes, there is this thing called the Holy Spirit, which is one of the manifestations of the physical God. He also has a spirit, and he can extend his spirit into the creation. And we have a spirit as well. And yes, we are told that there are beings of energy. And there's evil spirits, and there's also other uh, you know, uh, beings that seem to be of spirit that are, that are good. At the same time, there's also this physical manifestation of spirituality. They're all true, and they all have different functions, and they all kind of make up this painting, which is the created order that we live in. So I think that in the biblical text, there's not a lot of contradiction between this idea of spiritual things being physical. But I think that in the tradition of the Church, as it started to develop past its you know, Hebraic origins into the Greek world and then into the Roman world, it seems that this idea of a spiritualized uh, God became the dominant one, and the world of angels and the world of God suddenly became the world of spirit, and even Jesus is a spirit somewhere, and the angels are spirits, and then they just take a physical form for a moment just to interact with us. And I think it kind of, in the Middle Ages, it became even more pronounced as people, Christians divided into two factions, one that wanted to study the a physical world as the creation of God and to understand it, and the other was saying, no, Christians should only focus on the soul. Why would we study the world, even the natural world? Let's just focus on the soul, and they kind of went into the monasteries. Um, and, and Christianity went deeper into this idea of, no, let's, let's just focus on soul and spirit. And I think that the final piece, uh, you know, that the final push came with David Hume, the materialism of David Hume, this British philosopher who said, you know, you can only believe what your eyes can see. And that became such a cornerstone of modern scientific thought and of the secular paradigm. And in to, in, to react to the rise of that, Christians started to say, no, 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 we have faith, and through faith we believe in an unseen world. And that is what, you know, we believe in. We believe in the spiritual dimension. You guys can't see that, but we can and so it kind of kept pushing over the past 2,000 years. The European Christian mind, starting with the Greco-Roman world, it got more and more pushed inside of this exclusive view of seeing things through the ethereal lens. But the biblical view was very much of the physical deity and the physical angels. In fact, we were told that people have entertained angels uh, unawares and we should be hospitable. Um, and, uh, you know, Adam, um, God, walks in the Garden of Eden. He has a meal with Abraham, and there are two other angels that meet Abraham in the desert with God. And so there's always, and then it says that God is at Sinai with his chariots, um, and, uh, you know, the angels have chariots, uh, and they, they are inside of the heavens, which is another word for at least the cosmos. Who knows what else, but at least the cosmos. And so I think that the the... Biblical text presented one view, but over a course of, you know, um, very key turning points, um, the destiny of, of European Christian thought focused more and more and more exclusively on this non-material reality. But the ancestors, the children of Noah, who formed the nations of the world, enjoyed the study of astronomy and uh, staring into the stars and, and discovering the mysteries of the created order, as we do, but they saw it more like they were exploring, you know, the creation of God rather than, oh, science is separate and 
spiritual people focus on this invisible realm. I think that's. I think these are more modern thoughts, essentially. So for me, uh, I'm going with the biblical text, and I'm saying in the Bible there are physical angels, and there's a physical God, and there's physical chariots, and that's the starting point. Now, where they come from, where they go, how they operate, is beyond the biblical text, and is beyond you know my thinkings, and I'll find out in due time. But for now... I'm following the pieces of the puzzle that's available to me. More of my conversation with documentary filmmaker Ali Siadatan when Conspiracy Unlimited returns. Did you know that bee pollen contains almost all of the nutrients required by the human body to thrive? Or that it's a super nutritious way to boost your energy levels? That's why bee pollen is referred to as nature's most complete health food and a natural immune booster. Bee pollen may help boost brain function and it may aid occasional seasonal allergies. Get your bee happy bee pollen at getthetea.com. That's right, getthetea.com. So much more than just great herbal teas. Bee happy bee pollen. Check out the recently reduced prices and please remember, bee pollen should be avoided by anyone with an allergy to honey or bees. Bee happy bee pollen from getthetea.com. As you're staring up at the night sky, ever wonder who's staring back? No, me either. But I guess you better say it because of Richard, you know, he's all wrapped up in this stuff. <laughs> Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Ali Siadatan is here. If we're talking about the angelic realm, it sounds yeah. like we're talking about perhaps interdimensional. But the, the question is, and I know that there are chariots, of course, mentioned in the book of Isaiah and elsewhere, this idea of chariots and von Daniken's chariots of the gods. But why right. do angels need physical craft? Why do they need technology? Well, that's, that's it, is that... The, the kind of the revolution in thinking is to realize that the angels, the way they are in reality, is different from the way we had imagined them in our hearts and minds. We had created an idea of angels in our heads. And, we, we, you know, because when, when I started to look into this whole thing, I realized that actually there wasn't a lot of literature in 2,000 years of church history about angels. You know, this was not really a hot topic uh, that people had really focused and thought about. And I think it wasn't really important. It was just that they exist, you know, and they're part of the story, and the, uh, that's it. But now, I think because of the days that we live in and because of what is ahead of us, prophetically, I think God is unveiling these new these parts of the Scripture. They've always been there, but kind of dormant under the water, because he's like, guys, I need you to see these things. And so I think that we're fi- suddenly realizing that the angels, in reality, are different than the way we had imagined them. We had imagined them like magical creatures, you know, that that things that did things through their mind. They just like, you know, they just like, they wanted to come here, they just thought it or something, or they snapped their fingers if they had any fingers, and boom, they appeared here or something like that. But now we're seeing that, okay, God has created, it says in the Bible, the heavens, and he's created the earth, and he's created the host of the heavens and the host of the earth. And he is above all of these things himself. God is God. God has no need of anything. But his creatures 
they operate within the laws of his creation. And Adam was made in the image of God, and Adam was of the world of angels and of God. And so our world and their world, actually, they're a lot more connected and similar in some ways than we had imagined in our in our way of imagining angels. And so the angels actually use these, you know, vehicles because they need it, because they operate through these things. And, and the Bible calls them vehicles, Merkava or Rikab. It, it comes from the root to carry. It means something that carries some something from someplace to someplace else. Um, and the reason it was translated as chariot is because until the 20th century, there was no other vehicle but chariot. So the authors, the translators, they're like, okay, this is a vehicle, well, it's a chariot, because what else, you know, that's the only word we have in our language for vehicle. But now we have so many other words. We have cars, we have aeroplanes, uh, we have rocket ships. Um, and and so, so we suddenly it's like, okay, wait, chariot is not the only word uh, for us. We still have chariots as well. And it, it's, it's like when um, the first ocean liners were created. For the first time, you see, people always would read the story of Noah and look at the dimensions of the boat he created. And for centuries, people would say, oh, that's impossible. No one can build a boat that big. This is obviously a story. It's like our ancestors wanted to make it look fantastical. And then suddenly ocean liners were created, and everyone looked back at the story of Noah's boat, and they're like, you can actually make boats this big? So... It's the same thing that's happening with these with these vehicles. We're suddenly coming to a new place in our own story, and we're seeing these things, and then we're looking back at the text and going, what? This stuff is there too. Now, where do they come from? How do they operate? Where do they go? All of these things are, are still a mystery. Like, um, you know, let's say Einstein, for instance, he said if you throw... Uh, you know, uh, e equals mc2. If you take mass and you accelerate it at the speed of light square, it becomes energy. And if you take energy and slow it down uh, uh, by dividing it by, you know, by the square of the speed of light, it becomes matter again. So what if you get into one of these things and it starts to go so fast that you transform literally from matter to energy and you enter into another world, a world of energy? Or do you go so far into the heavens, into this blackness that we see, and then at some point, you know, there's a portal, or is there a portal right away, or is it that you never leave this universe, because in the Bible, the word heavens means universe. So uh, what if you actually, you know, go into, uh, stay here? We don't know, we don't know any of these things, and we can't continue to bring in the assumptions of the past with us and try to fit the, we have to really free our mind and go, okay, we, we don't really know the building blocks of the creation, how it all fits together, whether it's, you know, open space or dimensions. All the stuff is just made up. We don't really know. We don't really know whether how these vehicles exactly operate. We don't want to turn them into, like, you know, the enterprise. But we don't want to also neglect it like it's nothing, because obviously there is something. It's mentioned in the Bible. It's documented, and we see it. And if you kind of look at the footage... Uh, if you ever get a chance to see a footage of these things up close put together, and there are some out there, they're pretty incredible looking things, and there's a lot of energy involved. It really is interesting. So we don't want to neglect it. We don't want to minimize it and turn it to sci-fi. 
and we don't want to pretend like we have all the answers. Where we are in the story, as far as I'm concerned, is we know that these things exist in reality. We document them outside of our windows. We know that they exist in the Bible, and the Bible sheds light on who they are and what's going on, and that's what I'm going to be talking about. The pilots of these crafts, if they're from the angelic realm, are we talking about both angels, as in God's messengers, as well as the fallen angels? Right. I think so, because... Um, when I looked at the biblical text, I realized that um, that was a, a division that we had created again in Christian culture, meaning that the word fallen angel captures a concept that the Bible is talking about, but it actually doesn't exist in the Bible as a word. The Bible calls them the sons of God, the Beneha Elohim, or the Elohim of the Goim, the gods of the nations. These are the two terms used for these beings, and they are part of the world of these creatures, which, as, as a whole, they're just called Elohim. And the word can sometimes mean God himself, and sometimes it means all of these beings together, all of them. So first of all, the, the Bible sees all of these creatures as part and parcel of the same reality. If this guy has it, so does this guy. If this guy is a chair, he's a... Now, the fact that a portion of them have decided to turn their back against God and follow one-third, we are told. One-third of these beings have, um, uh, you know, uh, partaken in the ambition of, of, of Satan's heart, which is to be worshipped as the first order, the first creature of the Creator order, to be worshipped as God. They, too, want to be, uh, to have a piece of this, and that's why they presented themselves as gods, you know, to the people of the ancient world. So it just so happens that a group of them has done this, but it hasn't really changed the nature of reality. Like, like if they had, if they all had chariots before, well, they still have their chariots. If they all, you know, thought and had 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 a mind, well, they still have a mind. And if they all spoke telepathically, well, they speak speak. They they still speak telepathically. The nature of reality hasn't changed. It's their allegiance that has changed, and that has plunged the universe into a brief, very brief moment of war, and Adam has been drawn into it. Um, so they both have it, and I think that's why there's a war. So we suggest that in our documentary, I put a footage of this Columbia shuttle um, uh, camera had caught this UFO shooting at another one uh, outside the orbit of the Earth. It's fascinating. It's been scrutinized to death, that footage. And I suggested that perhaps the, the reason there, there's even UFO crashes it's because there's a war, and they shoot at each other. And and uh, and this is kind of, again, it's very, very real. This is the nature of the spiritual war. This is the nature uh, of this angelic war. Uh, and yes, they both have it, and that's why um, they have the same type of strength. Like, there's a story, in the, and I'll just finish with this to, to, and the answer to your question. There's a story in the book of Daniel of an angel coming to bring a message to Daniel but the principality that is behind the Persian Empire withstands this angel from heaven for 21 days. Where obviously they had comparable force. If the angel from heaven was just operating in a very high level, but the angel that was on earth, the one that was behind the world system, just, you know, was using technology, but the other guy didn't need it, well, then it means, it assumes the angel from heaven was so much more powerful that there's no way this angel that is behind the Persian Empire could have withstood him for 21 days. But yes, but he could. Why? Because their forces are similar, and that's why 
the battle of Armageddon can also be possible because when the angels of God come to the earth and the fallen angels that are here rise to meet them, it makes it possible for a battle to occur in the fields of Armageddon. And that's what the Bible prophesizes. So I think they both use it. Yes, that's what we've always maintained. For the adherence to the ancient alien theory that that human civilization was seeded by uh, a race of aliens millennia ago, maybe even hundreds of thousands of years ago or more, where do they have it wrong? Um, that was the brainchild of a few uh, thinkers coming out of the 60s and 70s. You mentioned Eric von Doniken. Uh There's also Zacharias Sitchin and a few other ones. Um, and I, I spoke with Sitchin. I called him. He's now passed away. And I wanted to interview him, actually, um, for my documentary. I called him in New York. Um, the, I think that they basically understood that, wow, uh, there's some incredible ancient uh, architecture and knowledge that is just very advanced. No one had really maybe taken the time outside the archaeological world to really think about that and go and bring it to the attention of everybody else and say, guys, this is very advanced, actually. And then they kind of, their mind opened up to the fact that, hey, these gods they talk about, obviously they were real, they got knowledge from something. Until there, they were documenting reality. They were documenting facts. But then they each went into their own mind and came up with their own personal theory. And they kind of had this as a springboard, the ET view, which came from Darwinism. And then they created their own, you know, their own story in their head, and they shared it with us. Oh, well, you know, uh, Zachary Sitchin's idea was that there's a 12th planet that comes to the, close to the Earth, and then these guys hop on every 3,000-something years. Their orbit of this planet comes close enough to Earth that these guys come from there to Earth, and they have a whole, like, you know, relationship with humans, and that's why they're called the Anunnaki. Anu means heaven, Ki means Earth, Anunnaki means those who from heaven to earth came, according to his personal translation of the word. And so basically, they, where they went wrong was to impose their own personal thinking on a very complex phenomenon and, and make the assumption that they had figured it out. I am relying on the Bible, uh, which I think is a very uh, fascinating book. Uh, its prophecies and its history come together. It's very powerful. If I didn't have this book, I would say to you, I don't know what's going on. The UFOs are real. They are here today. They have been here in the past. Who are they? I don't know. Why are they here? I don't know. So I think that's where they went wrong, is, is, is they leaned on their own thinking more than on the revealed word of the Most High God. The, the modern-day UFO phenomenon started about 1947. Is the timing of that important in terms of biblical prophecy? I think so. I think that people who take biblical prophecy seriously, meaning literally, feel that the prophecies of the Bible all center around Israel and Jerusalem specifically, and that these things, Israel and Jerusalem, you know, Israel became a nation in 1948, and Jerusalem became part of the commonwealth of the Hebrews uh, in 1967. So um, these prophecies that are in the Bible leading into the second coming can only now 
actually, for the first time in 2,000 years, could actually happen now because they involve Israel, they involve Jerusalem, and they involve the Jewish presence, and they involve conflict from surrounding nations. And we all see how the world is divided about this. And suddenly, around the time where all of this is coming uh, to fruition on the stage of history, uh, the modern UFO phenomenon uh, comes out of nowhere, and all of these nations, one at a time, experience the, what's called UFO flaps, which is like mass arrivals. Boom, everywhere, everywhere, you know, starting with North America. Um, and But the whole world, uh, very, in various decades, experiences this phenomenon of, hey, look, the UFOs have arrived, it seems. And yes, I think there's a connection uh, between uh, the end of World War II and the Holocaust, the establishment of Israel, and the ushering in of this new stage of history that may very much culminate with the Second Coming and the mass appearance of these UFOs. And I'm going to be kind of talking about, oh, what's the plan? Because there is a plan here. If these guys are really, if this is an angelic war, then the dark side is rising. Well, what is their plan? How are they implementing it? And, you know, there's a deception coming. And I really think you want to come in here and know what that deception is. And uh, again, give us the details for the uh, the Cosmic Tail webinar. It's June 8th at 8 p.m. If you can't make it that time, I'll send you a recording. In order to sign up, just go to my website, thinkagainproductions.com. You can see the documentary there for free. But send us a donation and then we'll send you the Zoom link. It's an hour long, followed by half an hour of question and comments. And again, thinkagainproductions.com and the Cosmic Tale webinar, Monday, June the 8th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 90 minutes, a 60-minute presentation, followed by 30 minutes of Q&A. Ali Siadatan, thank you so much for this. You're welcome, Richard. Thank you for having me. Okay, before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs, I'll be back in a flash with a few words about an upcoming episode. Have you ordered your bottle of Carbon 60 yet? The mighty Aphrodite and I have been taking a tablespoon of this miracle molecule suspended in olive oil for a few months now. We're taking the purest form of C60. It's called ESS60, and it's produced by our friends at C60Evo.com. C60 in oil is a powerful antioxidant that moves through the body like a magnet to attract and neutralize free radicals. It can slow down aging and reduce cellular damage. C60 can improve the immune system and reduce inflammation naturally. Often we hear about improved vision and substantially keener mental focus. The mighty Aphrodite and I are sleeping much better. We're both pain-free, no joint stiffness or back pain. And that's why I call Carbon 60 the miracle molecule. It's great for us humans and it's great for our pets. To order, go to c60evo.com. That's c60evo.com slash ref slash rs1. Again, to order your bottle of ESS60, go to c60evo.com slash R-E-F-R-S-1. Coming up next time, an author and former teacher discusses a recent poll which shows 40% of parents in America are now seriously considering homeschooling once the pandemic is over. My problem when we give this responsibility to the state is that we're victims 
of the point of view of the particular public school system in that time and place. And I would like to have more influence over my children and grandchildren. Until then, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting.